I am Michael Litchens, and you are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome on this, the Wednesday, the second week of Easter. I'm Michael Litchens here with you today to bring you a reading from Father T.G. Morrow from his book, Overcoming Sinful Anger. This book has been a phenomenal bestseller, and I think the reasons are pretty clear. A lot of us struggle with anger, and uh, sometimes it's justified anger, don't get me wrong, but a lot of us struggle with anger that, in a way, becomes almost sinful. And this is a handy guide for you to learn the different ways you can overcome that part of us that we all have. And Father Morrow wrote this book really is kind of the introductory guide to give us an idea of what it is we can do to overcome sinful anger. This was posted on Catholic Exchange called Learn to Heal Painful Memories. And here we go. Sometimes people get stuck when they try to get over their anger or forgive. They can't seem to erase the terrible memory. A key way to deal with this is called healing of memories. Dennis and Matthew Lim have studied the whole process of healing memories, and they suggest that there are five stages in healing of memory, similar to the five stages of facing death outlined by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. First step is denial. The person refuses to admit he was hurt. Second stage is anger. The person blames others for hurting him. The third stage is bargaining. The person puts conditions on his willingness to forgive. In other words, he decides what it would take for him to forgive. Although these conditions are usually unlikely to be met, the offended person at least allows that forgiveness might be possible. Stage 4. Depression. The person is down on himself for allowing this hurt to paralyze him. And stage five, acceptance. The person seeks to grow from this hurt. The authors propose four emotions to be worked through to become healed. Anxiety, fear, anger, and guilt. They describe the case of a woman named Margaret, who was deeply hurt by being refused re-entry into India, where she had been teaching as a missionary for several years. She identified her first stage, that of denial, in her dismissing the feeling that she would not be asked to return to India after coming to the United States on vacation. She chose not to face that possibility with her superior. Her anger stemmed from the fact that her superiors had blamed their refusal to bring her back to India on the fear that she might catch malaria. Her health was excellent, and she had just passed her checkup with flying colors. It was a false excuse. Next came the bargaining, and the conditions she set for herself for forgiving the offending parties. She would forgive them only if they reversed their decision, realized the harm they had caused, and became committed never to do such a thing again. They did none of these, however, they continued to harm others in the same way. When she moved on to depression, to acknowledging her own failures in all of this, she realized it was not the offense that had caused her misery. It was her overreaction that had brought her down. Was her value tied only to this fulfilling mission in India, or in her being a child of God deeply loved by him? And now that she was a mission director, she is beginning to act just like her former boss, happy to refuse volunteers on flimsy pretexts. When she arrived at stage five, acceptance, she began to see the benefits she had gleaned from being turned away from the missionary work she loved. She saw how this experience had moved her to a closer relationship with God and with other people. She realized that her value stemmed not from her work or from the opinions others had of her, but from her Father in heaven. She sought out a priest and went to confession. She confessed simply, 
I'm sorry for being away so long, Heavenly Father. She experienced a deep peace and became quite sensitive to others who were dealing with similar hurts. She warmly comforted a woman who had also been denied readmittance to India for the same mission. In fact, this was the same woman who denied her reentry before. At the peak of her misery, she had contracted cancer. After being bedridden for two years with the disease, and then after healing her memories, she was able to take a full-time job counseling cancer patients. This, despite the opinion of six cancer doctors, that she should have died several years before. Two things helped Margaret to heal her memories. Telling her story to friends, particularly to one who had told her, you're angry, and telling her story to Jesus. Having heard those words from her friend, she acknowledged her anger and spoke of it to Christ. She expressed to him her unwillingness to forgive her antagonist, but then began to work through her other stages to final acceptance. It was suggested that had she simply said, I forgive her, without engaging her deep anger, she might have remained at the denial stage and never achieved healing. Margaret moved slowly through the five stages because her friends and Jesus didn't rush her. She was able to take time to move from stage to stage, and thus her healing was deep. The authors of this study, however, cautioned against insisting that each stage be formally experienced. It is possible to skip certain stages uh, according to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Anxiety, Fear, Anger, and Guilt Margaret had gone through many sleepless nights, anxious over her situation. This anxiety was an indicator that she was emotionally overloaded. She passed through her stage of denial to come to realize the source of her anxiety. What had made her anxious was the fact that she had to get a new job, find new friends, and pursue a whole new way of life. Her anxiety began to subside when she spoke with Jesus and her friends about her fear, anger, and guilt over the situation. Her main fear was that she was going nowhere. Her existence was without direction. Once she identified what she was afraid of, she was ready to deal with her anger and guilt. Her anger was aimed at the boss who, out of envy, prevented her from returning to this job she loved in India. Her guilt stemmed from failing to act on her premonition that her missionary job might be terminated and for placing too much importance on her India activities. Life is so much more than a good job. As she passed through her fear, anger, and guilt, she got to the bargaining stage. There, she lowered her terms for forgiving her offending supervisors. She began to forgive the woman, and she forgave the woman, despite the fact that she had not backpedaled at all regarding Margaret. Margaret reached the deep acceptance stage by seeing the good that could flow from her rejection. She realized that her importance comes from God, not from persons, and not from a job. And she could use her own experience to become more sensitive to others, even to her own petty treatment of missionary volunteers. By apologizing to those volunteers, she even developed many new friends. The author explains how the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus provides a pattern for healing. The disciples went through anxiety, anger, fear, and guilt, and then they experienced the unconditional love and kindness of Jesus. Once he had explained the scriptures about himself, they felt forgiven, and they appreciated all they had been through. They returned to Jerusalem with their hearts healed. One final story of the many given by the Lynn brothers involved a physical healing through the healing of memories of a woman called Agnes. The vision in her right eye had been growing worse for 14 years. Her left eye was beginning to fail as well. 
She attended a workshop for healing of memories where the participants prayed over her. She needed to heal the memory of her father who had cut off all communication with her 46 years before when she had entered a nursing career. She tried not to think of this memory since she saw it as the root of her sad life without her father's love. On day one, Agnes expressed to God her anger at her father's abandoning her, but she also expressed her own guilt at not having contacted her father. On day two, she brought herself back 45 years to the onset of the wound her father had caused and imagined God the Father embracing her in unconditional fatherly love. She felt her sadness fade as the Father continued to hold her. Then the Father held her hand and asked her to give that same loving forgiveness to her father, deceased 15 years already at that point. On day three, she tried to deepen her love for her father, and she tried to see what blessings she might have received from her difficult life without him. She took comfort in the way her separation had moved her to pursue a strong relationship through God, through prayer, and to serve patients in their loneliness for 38 years. As her memory began to be healed, so did her eye. It improved gradually each day, and by the end of the workshop, she was able to read to the other participants the passage in Mark 8.22-26, and that's about the blind man who gained his sight gradually when Christ laid hands on him. Agnes later wrote to Father Lynn to express her gratitude. She was very happy to have received her eyesight back, but she added, Oh, the deep healing of memories I have had with my father is beyond any blessing I have ever experienced or expect to experience. You can use these same steps to heal your own painful memories. Uh, first, consider whether you are in denial that you were hurt. If you are, admit this denial so that you may move to the second step. Two, get deeply in touch with the feelings resulting from this pain. Three, Decide on what terms you might forgive the offender. This bargaining, of course, is not terribly virtuous, but its value is that you can see that you might indeed forgive. It is an intermediate step which is better than the initial position of completely refusing to forgive. Stage 4. Redirect your anger at yourself for allowing this wound to hold you back from living a productive, anger-free life. 5. Acknowledge the hurt as an opportunity for growth and identify how it has helped you develop virtue. Name the benefits you reap from the event, especially the ability to be more sensitive to others who have been hurt. By following these steps, you will truly be able to forgive those who have hurt you, and you will find some peace about the past. In doing so, you will likely feel anxiety because this hurt has repercussions and will or could cause trouble in your life. You might go through a period of fear that you may be unable to forge ahead in your life. You might fear that this hurt will paralyze you and keep you from getting beyond this and living a productive life, especially if the hurt involved a major disappointment. You must acknowledge your anger at the person who hurt you. To deny your anger while feeling it deeply within would only delay the healing. A necessary emotion in the process of healing is guilt over the fact that you let this bother you so much. This is not the unhealthy guilt that you hang on to long after your reform a guilt that stems from pride. This is the healthy guilt that leads to a change in behavior, analogous to that need for a good confession. This guilt inspires you to proceed in healing your memories and accepting that the event can be used to help you grow and become a better person. That, once more, was Father T.J. Morrow from Overcoming Sinful Anger. This we called Learn to Heal, Pe I'm sorry, Learn to Heal Painful Memories. 
Father Morrow, he has a doctorate in sacred theology from the Pope John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family. He has three other books in print, and he writes prolifically. Uh, worth picking up this book especially. I, that's the first stage he talks about denial. A lot of us are in denial. This is especially happens if parents hurt us, if somebody from a faith relationship hurts us. I see it everywhere. I've seen it myself, and I see it in people all over. They deny that they were even hurt. And that's one of the first steps that you have to get through. And Father Morrow gives you a very handy guide to how to do that. If you're experiencing anger, if you've ever had anxiety over past wrongs or anything, this book is perfect. This is the real heart of Christianity, getting to the meat and letting you be open and healed. This is not the Christianity we sometimes like to sell in America, where everything is roses and happiness. This is changing you. This is Christ loving you so much that he loves you as you are, but he's not going to leave you. So, I encourage you to pick it up. If you have any questions or would like uh, me to get a little further into this, I'd love to hear from you. Editor at CatholicExchange.com A couple people of you have already asked some interesting questions. I'm going to try to address this in a podcast coming up next week. Once again, that's Editor at Catholic Exchange. I want to hear from you. But otherwise, I hope you all are doing well. Tomorrow is the Feast of St. Bernadette. Let us all remember the promise of Our Lady of Lords that she is with us. Pray to her. And all, let's have a great rest of our Easter. God love you. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>